This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Genesis chapter 43. We've made it all the way to chapter 43 this morning, and we find a family in a quandary. They're in a a bad situation. The brothers have come back from Egypt. They've left one of their own in Egypt in jail, and they were told by their brother, Joseph, who they did not know was their brother because they thought he was just the man in charge in Egypt. They thought he was just the one who was to come and to handle the issues and pass out the grain. And so he said, bring back your youngest brother when he found out that they had a youngest brother and that he was alive. Of course, Joseph knew that they had a younger brother. He just wanted to know whether the boy was alive. And then, obviously, when he found out he was alive, he wanted to see him. So he held one of them captive, accused them of being spies, sent them back, and put the money in their grain sacks for the provision that he gave them to go back to their home. Now, when they got back, Dad is not happy. Jacob is not happy about the whole situation. He does not want he does not want to send Benjamin with them. He doesn't trust them. He's already lost Joseph. He doesn't want to lose Benjamin, and he assumes that he'll end up without three sons if he sends them back or more, and so there's a quandary. There's a difficulty, and sometimes in problem solving, sometimes as we're studying scripture, you just got to sit down and go through it and problem solve, and the decision, and this is a good decision. I'm not saying it's a negative decision. In fact, I'm saying sometimes it's the best decision. Pastor Terry and make a decision, make decisions like this many times. When we're talking about an issue or dealing with some something that needs to be fleshed out, we say we're going to put that in the pot and let it stew for a while. What that means is we're going to be patient with it. We're going to allow God to show us, reveal to us what we should do, or maybe even allow God to handle the situation, or maybe allow God to lead someone else to deal with the situation, and it might even be the people that we're dealing with, and it may be that this is just an opportunity for maturity for them, for a growth for them, for an opportunity to to become, and so we just let those things just sit there and stew in the pot for a while, and uh, oftentimes, and many times you'll find if you'll be patient with the situation, especially if you don't have a clear answer from God. Now, God tells you to do something, go ahead and do it. Don't hesitate. Be bold in your faith. Act upon what God has revealed to you as his purpose and his will. Now, if you act upon it and it doesn't work out the way the way you thought God was revealing that to you, it may be that you need to work on your listening skills with God, and everybody has to do that. You may need to spend some time saying, okay, God, where did I mess up hearing you? Maybe I was trying to place my voice in, in, in your voices, in place of your voice, and so maybe I need to step back and consider maybe I, that's what I was doing. 
But mainly, if you do something that you clearly know that God has told you to do, and it's not what God told you to do because it doesn't work out in his clear direction, and you've received that clear direction, then oftentimes you're either listening to yourself or listening to the world. And that's a learning experience, learning not to do that. Trust me, I bang my head against that wall many times in the darkness. And I would say to you, learn, grow. God's not condemning you over that. He's not going to, he's not going to bring down the plagues of Egypt on you because of that. He is teaching you to hear his voice and to operate in his voice. Now, if you don't hear God's voice, what that means to do is to wait upon the Lord. That's just a, that's just a basic principle of maturity and dealing with life in an intimate relationship with God. If God has not spoken, then you need to be still and know that he's God. Wait on him. Wait upon the Lord and he will lift you up. He will lift your eyes up. He will fill your mind with his purposes and his will. He'll give you strength. Whatever is the the issue of the moment that God is going to be dealing with you on, give him time and allow him to do it. Give God time and allow him to work out a situation in your life and show that to you. Now, sometimes you put a situation in the pot and let it stew for a while, as Pastor Terry and I like to say. Sometimes you do that and it does not cook. It just flat doesn't cook. If I put a log in the pot and let it stew for a while, it might get a little less hard, slightly. But the older the log is, the less likely that it's going to cook very well. And that means that sometimes things don't get better. And sometimes the situation necessitates us to move. And that can be God in the situation also. And that's what's happening in this situation. Jacob said, listen, I'm not sending any more of my sons down to Egypt to lose more of them, especially my most favorite one that I've got left. I'm not sending, I'm not sending Rachel's last son down to Egypt to be killed. That's not happening. We're just going to sit here and wait. We're going to let that stew in the pot for a while. And naturally, that's what you would want to do. You'd want to let that stew in the pot for a while. But verse 43, verse 1 of chapter 43 says this, now the famine was severe in the land, meaning the problem wasn't about being alleviated. There wasn't an alleviation of the situation. There wasn't a need. There, there wasn't a God stepping in and removing the problem. The problem persisted. The problem was an issue. And sometimes in life and sometimes in ministry and sometimes as we're going through and trying to make decisions, the problem doesn't change. And what that's, that for me, that always is a situation where you say, all right, problems isn't changing. I'm going to have to do something. Uh, I'm going to have to act because when the problem is continues to persist and no one steps in and God doesn't alleviate the issue, you're going to have to be some actions taken. And when those actions have to be taken, you need to realize that and you need to act. It said it came to pass when they had eaten up the grain, which they had brought from Egypt, that their father said to them, go back, buy us a little food. Hunger can make you act. And the Bible teaches that, by the way. Oftentimes we want to say, well, we need to take care of people and make sure that they don't go hungry. Well, that's true. But for grown, mature adults who can take care of themselves, you might be enabling them rather than actually helping them. I remember having a conversation with a man in a Walmart parking lot one time in Louisiana. And he was quite clearly accosting people in the parking lot, trying to get them to give him some money. And he came up to me and a couple of other guys. We were down there on a fishing trip and uh, he accosted us. And I told him I wasn't giving him a dime. 
And he said, he started spouting off verses of scripture and I refuted every one of them. I said, a man don't work, he don't eat. And what I was saying was, is your job isn't to cost people in the parking lot. Your job is to go out there and figure out what your purpose is in this world. And if you can't do that, then you don't need to be eating because eating is a motivation to figure out what and who you ought to be in, in this world. And feeding people who can can take care of themselves just becomes a burden on everyone. And you may say, Pastor, that just doesn't seem very loving. I'm going to tell you, it's very loving because enabling bad behavior is not good. That's not godly. God doesn't cause us to do do wrong. God, God doesn't cause us to be slovenly. God doesn't cause to to not do and act in his will. He is always bringing about us acting and becoming and growing and maturing. And sitting on the couch eating Cheetos, when you can make make a living for your family and you can help with everyone else and you can be an asset to this world, God's not into that. And I'm not either. And so he said, he says, go back and buy us a little food. But Judah spoke to him saying, now Judah's saying, listen, dad, we've already told you we can't just go back there and buy a little food because that's not how this is going to work. But Judah spoke to him saying, the man solemnly warned us saying, you shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. And Jacob made that clear to him. Joseph made that clear to him that he wasn't going to, he wasn't going to allow them to have anything until they brought Benjamin back. Now they didn't give his name, but Joseph knew what his name was. And he said, until I see Benjamin, you're not getting a thing. He says, if you send our brothers with our brother with us, we will go down and buy food. Judah said, listen, we got to take, we got to take Benjamin with us. Otherwise, I don't know why we're going. But if you will not send him, we will not go down. For the man said to us, you shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. Now, that's just straight up and a proper assessment of the situation. And when you're dealing with problems in life and dealing with issues in life, a proper assessment of the situation is healthy. And I would say this to you over and over again. You need to make sure that what you're seeing is correct. When we're dealing with a issue in life, when we're dealing with a problem that clearly has a spiritual answer, because all problems have an answer from God, all situations have a direction that you should be going in. When you're dealing with those issues, you need to first make sure that your assessment of the situation is right and that all the alternatives are there. Sometimes you don't see what God's doing because you've locked in your version of how things are. And I can't overemphasize that to you today. Just because that's the way you see it doesn't mean that that's the way it is. And you need to open your heart and your mind up to the possibilities that may exist beyond what your reasoning has brought you to at the moment. You need to open yourself up to the possibilities that God might be doing something else, might be using somebody else might be acting in a way you've never seen him act that's not out, line, out, of, out of line with Scripture because God's not going to out, act outside of his, his defined will in his word, but he may be acting in a way that you've never considered and that you've never seen from God. There's no one out there who knows God's word in the depth and the breadth that, that God does, God has revealed it to us. You're never going to know God completely and perfectly. And in fact, if you're in a situation where you don't have an understanding of God's will in that situation, there's strong likelihood that there's an aspect of God you still don't know. 
And so you need to consider all the possibilities. You need to open your heart and your mind up and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal those things to you. And if there's another way to get it done, well, you need to consider that. If there's another way that God might be moving, you need to allow that. And by the way, some people are hard-headed and say, we're going to do it my way or no way. And they miss out on God a lot. Many churches miss out on opportunities to see God move in power, but they're unwilling to do things differently. They're unwilling to see another way that God might be moving in. Now, like I said, we're not talking about something that's clearly outside of God's will. We're talking about opening ourselves up and allowing us, allowing ourselves to see God in his fullness. And, and many times people say, we're just going to win. That ain't the way we do around here. If that ain't the way you do it around here, there might be a reason why you're in the situation that you're in. And there might be a reason why life is causing the problems that it's causing. And maybe you need to do it a different way. Maybe you need to figure out a different way of living life and walking through life and becoming. He says, and Israel said, why did you deal so wrongfully with me as to tell the man whether you had still another brother? Now, what he's doing is he's rehashing what already happened. And we've already gone through. They got back. They told him what happened. They were all perplexed and upset. They said, let's let this stew in the pot for a while. They realized, "Uh uh-oh, we're running out of food. We're going to need some more food. If we don't get some more food, we're going to lose everything. We got to go back and get some more food. And, And we understand what the circumstances are. And God hadn't changed anything. And so it's obvious that we're going to have to do what the circumstances dictate for us to do. And so we're going to have to get doing what clearly is the path here. And what is Jacob doing? He's doing what? Somebody who's a little older will do. He's rehashing maybe a mistake, maybe not a mistake, but rehashing the situation and trying to figure out. He's pointing out the obvious. It's not helping anything. Okay. He said, why do you, why did you deal wrongfully with me as tell this man, whether you would still another brother. Now, listen, that is not the way to deal with the problem. If somebody's messed up, they can't unmess up a mess up. Okay. Once the cat's out of the bag, you don't have any choice. Not going to ever wake up the next morning, find a cat in the bag. You're going to have to go get the cat and put it back. You're going to have to fix the problem. Rehashing how you got to the problem and casting blame and casting aspersions on people. Well, that just ain't going to work. That dog ain't going to hunt. Okay. And it's not helpful to anybody. You're not growing anybody. You're not maturing anybody. You're not allowing people to become what they need to become in the situation, listen to me. You're not doing that by casting aspersions once you get to a place where you got to make a decision. In fact, once that should have been dealt with a long time ago. And once it's not dealt with, no use in cast, there's no use in hurting people's feelings when you're trying to reach a solution and you're hurting your you're hurting their feelings for to no avail. You're not fixing the problem. And if they needed to have their feelings hurt, they should have had their feelings hurt a long time ago. And by the way, Judah does have his feelings hurt because he was just trying to get some grain and get back home so his family could get fed. And the man asked if he had any more brothers and he wasn't going to lie to him and tell him no. That wasn't going to help the situation. It was already going sideways. He told him the truth. And was Judah wrong in telling the truth? Quite clearly from God's word, no, he wasn't. He was right to tell the truth. Verse 7 says, but they said the man asked, 
pointedly about ourselves and our family saying, is your father still alive? What he's saying is the man was inquiring about us and he thought we were spies and I needed to answer the questions correctly because if I didn't answer the questions correctly and he found out that I was lying to him, he definitely were going to think we were spies and kill us all. I know I got a little passionate there. So many times people want to make up reasons why we shouldn't be where we're at. You is where you is. Okay, so get over it, get past it, get on with it. Forget about how you got there. Let's figure out how to get where we need to be. And that's just old good old country logic, but it's good old biblical logic too. He said, the man asked me pointedly about ourselves and our family saying, is your father still alive? Have you another brother? And we told him according to those these words, could we possibly have known that he would say, bring your brother down? I didn't know why he was asking. I was just answering the questions rightly so that I could get some food so you could eat. <clears throat> All right, trying to get down off that high horse. I'm getting off. Then Judah said to Israel, his father, send the lad with me and we will arise and go that we may live and not die, both we and you and also our little ones. What he's saying is, Let's get past it. Let's get over it. We got to all have some food or everyone's going to die. And you know what? Sometimes actions are required just because that's what we need to do. We need to get things done that we need to get done. And we, get, we need to move on and not sit down, sit there and dwell over how we got there. So many people spend their whole life dwelling over how things got the way they are and they miss out on God. They just miss out on God. And I would just say to you this morning, don't miss out on God. Don't miss out on his will for your life because you just keep rehashing the mistakes of the past. You are guaranteed to make mistakes in your life. You are guaranteed to make them. So get over them. Move on. They're forgiven. They're under the blood. God is not static. He is an active God, intimately involved in your life. Get moving forward with your life. And if you'll get moving forward with your life, I promise you this, God will reward that faith and he will teach you how to become who you're supposed to be. But sitting back, rehashing why we answered the question the way we did in Egypt and how things have worked out and why Joseph is gone and why, Benjamin, why Benjamin's got to go with you and all that, all those issues. Forget about them. Move on. Let God be God and you be who you're supposed to be. And if you do, I promise you, God's going to take care of it. And he's going to lead you into, he's going to lead you beside those still waters. And he's going to lead you into green pastures. And he's going to, he's going to, he's going to allow you to have rest and comfort in the midst of his will, not in the midst of your own purposes. <laughs> Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today, in Jesus' name.